For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network, where your hosts Al, myself, Anthony, Today's Wednesday, June 14th. We are literally just a few days away, or what seems like a few days away. We're like nine, 10 days away from the NBA draft. And joining us in today's episode, we have a special guest, Frank Ward, the second founder of Frankie Vision. If you've been on YouTube, there's a high, high probability that you've seen one of the scouting videos. But uh, Frankie, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's good? Thanks for having me, y'all. What's up, man? Hey, so I, I want to, for those that aren't familiar with you, like, where why did you start frankie vision and what's what's been kind of your your motivation because you've been doing it for a really long time and i know that consistency is is probably one of the hardest things to do when it comes to you know any content creation but um yeah tell, tell us a little bit about frankie vision well i uh started in 2016 i just started uh i was kind of bored at home really and i was like on twitter i kind of wanted a voice in basketball and so i started like posting like highlight clips of like you know, me playing with Rondo in high school and stuff like that. I played in high school ball with him and then uh, started posting Kentucky clips. And just kind of started going from there and, like, everybody started requesting me to do clips. But the reason why I did it was, like, just have more of a voice in basketball, really, because I like basketball that much. Yeah, it's cool awesome. because your your videos, they they span, man, from college basketball to high school basketball. The the amount of different films and videos that you get of so many different players, it's, uh, it's good that you have an ear – on on both sides because obviously the the transition from high school to college you're seeing these guys kind of go through um has there ever been like a player that you followed like really really young that you've you've seen his progression so much that kind of stood out to you the most uh no i really started like uh college and i usually go like junior year in high school really okay but, uh, uh nobody probably darius garland like he was kind of big already but like See how better he got, like, from high school, like, into NBA. That was probably one person I'd say, like, I seen grow from, like, a young age. He was about a junior, I senior when I met him. Now, Frankie, if I could ask you, who's one player that you've had, like, the most fun creating a highlight reel or a mixtape? Uh, anybody comes to mind? John Morant. Yeah. We were the That's... first ones out there to film him because nobody was. I'm in Kentucky, so Murray State was, like, three and a half hours away. Like, nobody was there. So, like, when I first got there, that was, like, fun watching him man he, he's talking about a player that's blown up and and it's now a superstar in the nba huh yeah kind of knew yeah, that was what, when i first saw him yeah what, what i like about john moran's i feel like when, when it comes to the nba draft i feel like sophomores just in general they they kind of take the back seat to the one and dones. i feel like john moran kind of blowing up the way that he did um kind of shines a little better of a light so like for example keegan murray who's a sophomore in college and i feel like if the level of play that he has now was in his first year, you know, maybe he'd be a little higher in the draft more mm -hmm. or less. 
you feel like sophomores kind of get the uh the burden of of not being as bright as the one and dones? Of course they do, because you want something young and fresh, but yeah, those guys have more experience. You know, look at what look what happened with Ja and Egan Murray, like you said, but yeah, they do. Everybody wants something fresh, that next pop, that next star, you know what I mean? Yeah, that that's what kind of makes Jabari so interesting, the fact that he's so young. But before we really start going uh, breaking down kind of your your knowledge on on these young, young players that are, you know, upcoming in this draft, when it comes from an outside perspective, like who what what is your specific team? Who is it that you follow the absolute most? Uh I've kind of moved all over when I was growing up, so I don't really have like a team. Because everywhere I live, never really have like we don't have a pro team here. So like I'm more of a player type of guy. You know what okay. I mean? Like, I grew up, I grew up in the '90s, so like I like Penny doing like the '90s a lot. You know what I'm saying? That's why I had his jersey, and like, you know, just Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson. It's more players, so I don't really like teams. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. T Max somewhere in there. That's my guy. But uh, when it <laughs> when it comes from an outside perspective, when you see a team like the Orlando Magic, that you know, it's is it's not a secret that we've struggled for a very very long time. But do you feel like kind of how the the tanking is kind of played out for the Orlando Magic? Do you do you feel like the Orlando Magic winning the number one pick is that good for the NBA? Because I yeah. there's there's opinions about OKC and kind of the way that they've kind of done everything, but for us, for the city of Orlando, do you believe? It? I want your honest opinion. You don't have to I'm say yes. Honest, yeah, yeah, yeah I think be so. Because yeah. it's Orlando, you know what I'm saying? It's like who doesn't want to play there? Look what they did when like you know the White was there and Shaq was there. It was a pretty big city. I like I like going to Orlando. You know what I mean? So like. Yeah, I think it's dope be better than like Oklahoma City. I just hate that y'all had to get the number one pick this season. But I'm like, <laughs> man, yeah, but I think it's good for the league. So Orlando Magic have the best jerseys in history. You know what I'm saying? Like the best colorway of shoes and everything. So like, of course it's good. Yeah, I keep I keep telling people, man, we don't need a rebrand. We need to rewind. They need to bring back the the jersey that you got on, man. They need. Oh, Kind of, kind of very similar to how the Hawks thing went back and started using the old logo and mm-hmm. kind of the same vibes. I, I wish that we would do something like that. Yeah, after those little stars in the jersey with T-Mac was wearing, it was just downhill from there for me. Mm-hmm. Those like the last good jersey was like 05 or something, 06, something like that. Yeah, because then they transitioned into like the uh, – had a little star on the collar and it was just a plain color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, didn't, it didn't do too good. At least they brought the <laughs> pinstripes back. Mm-hmm. Now, Frankie, like you mentioned, so this year, one of the issues is we don't really have like a, like that one guy, right? That one guy that will be the, the next star in the NBA. Maybe there is, but it's not a consensus number one guy like most drafts have. So in a draft like this, do you think a team like the Magic is better off drafting best player available or are they better off drafting based on need? What are your thoughts on that? I would say need. There's no best player available, is it? Just get something you need and hope for the better i guess for next year maybe because <laughs> nobody here is going to take you to like make a you know make a team that much better i think you got some plug-in guys that will help with superstar you know what i mean yeah i think that that's that's probably one of the biggest things or, or the biggest debate when it comes to the fan base is that no one is in agreement. you don't you don't have like a majority of of the fan base that really wants jabari that is not if not as balanced as them wanting Chet. I personally, I really like Paolo. That's, that would be my pick. If I was drafting, that would be the person that I would get. He's my type of basketball player. I see I see the reaction. I get it. I get it 100%. But the way that I view the, the, the way that our roster is, is that we've dealt with injuries for a long time. We got Markel towards the end of the season. We still have high hopes for Jonathan Isaac. But we feel as if 
you know, we already have a lot of different young pieces to where we're we're really just needing that that face and one player to kind of lead everyone else. Do you not feel like we're able to get that now? I would agree with that because like Paulo was my favorite player to watch actually this season. Like I always have my favorite player who I like to watch. Like Paulo was that guy for me. But um sometimes it's motor like a little bit like that. Just I I don't know. I know y'all need shooting really bad. Yeah. Like Jabari Smith, 6'10 shooter, who he shot like what close to 40% from the three. Like, how can you pass on that? Then you have I love Bobo. Still have Bobo there. You have Mo Bamba. I don't think y'all really have a power forward, do y'all? Like Wendell Carter, you know, Jonathan Isaac, like you said, Okiki. Yep. yep. There's a few. They just always been hurt, unfortunately. Uh, except Wendell last year had a really good year. But I mean, you think about JI. If he comes back and is able to come back looking anything like he did. Before he got hurt or during the short time that we saw him in the bubble, you know, that could be really, really good for the Magic. But the big concern is, can he stay healthy? Yeah. Paolo reminds me of like a six, a taller version of like Jalen Suggs. Kind of system players. They're not going to do too much. Not going to wow you too much, right? Like, I don't know how y'all feel about Jalen Suggs, but like Franz Wagner was my favorite. Uh, He was my sleeper last year. That's a good call. Yeah, that's so. a good call. I think Jabari Smith is. I think he's good. Paulo seems like a Houston type of. Uh, <laughs> he does. He, green. I, he sure honestly, does. <laughs> if you're really looking at the players, I I agree with you. I think Paulo looks like he would be a Houston Rockets player. I think Chet mm-hmm. looks like he would be an OKC player. And I think Jabari is a perfect fit for the Orlando Magic. I think that when it comes to Chet, I think people are just so obsessed with this idea that the front office they they like length they like uh height they like this wings but they like all of that because they're they're so used to you know jonathan isaac mobamba but you know we also drafted cole anthony that's none of that <laughs> so it's not like you know the front office won't draft outside of it because they've they've shown that they have um but i i do think that when it comes to a, a player that they like i think jabari checks in my opinion more boxes um than than chet yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I so, agree. In, in your opinion, who's the best player in this year's draft? If you had to choose one, that you're like, hey, talent wise, this is the best guy in the draft right now. Who would that be? Paulo. You see what I mean? Done. Let's do it. You just don't know what you're gonna get with him. Though I feel like he could have really led that team from a morale standpoint. Sometimes with Duke, and like I know maybe another year. He just he just too cool for me. I just. I just, I just think that kind of like Kevin Porter Jr. You just, I don't know, too cool for me, too talented maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, talk, talk to me a little, little bit more about about your issue with with his motor. Like, what, what do you think is is a, the cause for that? Because a lot of people have said that about. Well, I, well, let me put it this way: there's a difference between a motor of someone like Mo Bamba, where you kind of feel like you have to keep telling him, keep giving him confidence for him to really get going, or someone like Tracy McGrady that. They say it takes a lot of, you know, a lot of breaks on the defensive end for us back in the day. Is it a motor because he's so talented and he just gets a little bored? Or is it a motor that, you know, he, you know, what what is it that we have to do to keep that man hungry? No, nah, it's probably a little bored because he will play. You know what I mean? His defense ain't all that. But I think he gets bored sometimes. Like I said, he might be too talented. But maybe when the open floor, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I originally thought he could score like 30 points a game in the NBA. Like the season first started and then once he got to conference play, Went up against some length, it kind of like you know, but he's still young. He's my he's the most talented. I get I I agree with you. I yeah. 
I guess it depends on where he goes. He got to be happy, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, he's my favorite. But it's funny you mentioned that. Because for me, it's the same thing. Like, I've been thinking that there's something about him. I can't put my finger on what it is. But there's just something when I watch his tape, when I watch him play in Duke. Great player. He can score the ball. But there's just something about him that just scares me about drafting him. Um, maybe it's the fact that, I don't know, Mo Bamba kind of seemed the same way in college, like a beast and blocking shots and dunking and hitting threes and then got to the NBA and the motor was the issue. The talent is there. You see Mo Bamba drop 20, 20, 20 points, 20 rebound games against Joel Embiid out of all people. But then the next night he'll drop five and two rebounds against. Um, that with Joel Embiid a lot with, um, with um, what's the guy's name? Drew Hanlon. Drew Hanlon. That's they right. Was game out. They probably had some type of chemistry. That's always like, yeah. That could be it. But the point is that consistency. So I wonder if that may be an issue for him. And that was, that's what scares me. You know, it's a number one pick. You don't want to have a guy that you can account on every single night. I think the thing with Paulo, and I might be not thinking about it, maybe like selfishly, I want him to do what like Zion did. But like he has more of an overall game. He has like, Paulo has a really good feel for the game. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we just want to see you just go get 40 because you can. So maybe, uh, maybe we're not fair against him. Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at, the the NBA draft compare or excuse me the the NBA player comparison. Do you find them accurate? Because all I keep reading is that it's Julius Randle for um, Paolo. It's Rashard Lewis for Jabari. Like is that do you do you find that fair? Because I I find NBA comparisons are so uh, they're they're so hard to do because yeah you you can find shades of players for a player like John Moran. You can find shades of players for a player like Zion. But when they come to the NBA and they're actually playing, it, it's hard to compare those players to anybody. do you yeah. do you see do you see them as being similar? Is Julius Randall a fair comparison for Paolo? No, I mean, like i I don't know who said that <laughs> Is that ESPN? but like i I like to I look comparisons is kind of like uh what type of impact we think this player is gonna have, I guess. He don't play as like fast and aggressive as Julie. He has way more skill than Julius Randle does. Don't you think? Like he's more like a skilled Blake Griffin, if anything. He's not as athletic, but Paulo's good. Like he's gonna be around for a while. Like he, he's good. He's like Kay Cunningham almost. He just knows. He just has a good feel for the game in a way. So let me let me ask you. So that's Paulo. What about if the case is being made for Jabari Smith? What's good about him? What do you like about him? And then what don't you like about him? I like the fact that uh, he can shoot, put the ball on for you, can run all off screens and everything. Like he can score in the mid range. Um, I think his potential is very high for like ball handling because he still seems kind of wiry with that. And he's just young and he plays with that aggression that we were talking about. He plays with a lot of fire. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, this, he can shoot. He can get the ball in the hole from anywhere. So I guess that's the thing to like about him. And he's done it consistently against big teams, not like a. Jonathan Isaac did at Florida State or nothing. You know what I mean? Like, he really is consistent with it. Like, led his team to victories because of his, his shooting, really. I mean, his defense in and, in and all that, though. You think it's overrated? Jabari? Yeah. His perennial defense is great. Like, he can switch off and guard guards. I'll probably work out in the league, but, like, in the post, it's, you know, mm. more room to work on. And uh, yeah, that's about it with him. I mean, the, the biggest drawback that people have on him is uh, the playmaking and being able to put the ball on the floor. It, do you see that? It, <laughs> right, right. Do you, do you see that being something that he's able to overcome? I feel yeah. like when it, com- when it comes to basketball, that's just something you naturally – like it's it's the main action that you do when you play basketball is, is dribbling. I feel like that's something that, you know, you, you'll be able to perfect that. 
it's like eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's a skill. Like he's six ten and can shoot. I'm pretty sure he wasn't taught to do those type of things. He's still feeling. Exactly. He's still getting used to his body. You can tell how he moves. Like dribbling is a skill that they can throw him two balls and let him train. It'll be all right. Like look at all the other things he can do. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people there, especially in the the Orlando Magic community, they they look at pairing Jabari Smith with Franz uh, Wagner and kind of having a a, re- in, a recreation of like Rashard Lewis and Hito Turkoglu. You know, it was, it was a time frame where we had those two players that they didn't think that they would be able to fit well. And then it mm-hmm. it's kind of what got us to the finals. They're two key components. I know you don't agree with the Rashard Lewis comparison, but um, I see why you say that. I, yeah, I, I get it. When, when you look at when you look at Franz Wagner being a guy last season that um, that you said was was kind of your sleeper, because right now the Orlando Magic we don't have a a solidified uh, two guard, right? So we're looking at potentially a starting lineup of Markel at the point guard, small forward. You're you're probably going to look at Franz Franz. Then we're looking at Ford. I mean, you got to start your the person that you're drafting, right? You're expecting that it's going to either be Jabari at the four if you're drafting him, and then Wendell at the five. But then you still got to figure out Jonathan Isaac. What do you do at the two guard? Um, you don't like uh, RJ Hampton? He he hasn't been he hasn't been as productive as as people would like him to be. We we expected for his uh, development to be a lot farther along. A lot of people's fear with RJ Hampton is the fact that he needs way more development and there's not enough minutes. Uh, there's too many players that you're you're trying to develop and he hasn't he hasn't really done that for us to where you're able to put him starting at the shooting guard. I mean people people are even talking about experimenting and putting Franz at the two. You're looking at playing Jalen Suggs at the two. Like there's not there's not a definitive that's our two guard and that's how that's who we're going with. We still need to find out. We're still waiting so for the uh, the off season. Yep, he's a free agent this off season, so we're we're, we're trying, hoping I mean, we're hoping he comes back. Exactly, that's a, that's a hope, but we really don't know. So that's that's part of that's part of when when we take a look at this draft. It's kind of like what because you mentioned earlier, you 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 should draft by fit because there there's not that consensus, and when you look at it, you know maybe Chet would fit a little bit better because. You would you would be forced to to experiment. Would you, based on what you've seen from Franz, would you mind him playing the two? Because if if you decided to play him the two, then you're looking at Markel, you're looking at Franz, uh, maybe Jonathan Isaac at the three, Jabari, Wendell, interswapped. What would you do with that with that starting five? Cole Anthony's starting for me. Is he? At the one, I like Cole. I, I like him in North Carolina over over Markel. I haven't seen Markel do shit. Like, <laughs> like that's it's just Markel's like RJ Hampton. We're just waiting for something, right? He was a number one pick. Markel hasn't done nothing besides give us hopes. That, that's some I'll just trade him. I'll get I'll trade him. Oh, you can't you can't do that. What's yeah, but I, I get I get why. I get why. Injury was a was a big part, but I mean if and granted, it's it's us watching every single Orlando Magic game that pops out. But when it comes to like the end of the season when we were finally able to get back, dude was on a minute restriction, and you can clearly see the difference between you know Markel Anthony, uh, excuse me, Markel and Cole Anthony. Like, you can really see the difference. Experience. Yeah, I think, I think oh, primarily that. primarily playmaking. That's the biggest thing. You know, Markel's getting guys open looks. Him and Wendell Carter just had a great chemistry from day one. Oh, so. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, the level of the team, like the, the level of play of the team really got elevated. And that's what has Magic fans, you know, excited for next season. It's the fact that, hey, if you can get this team healthy for the first time in three years without even doing, you know, the number one pick, free agency, they got enough young guys to kind of look forward to seeing on the court. The issue is staying healthy. Um, but to what Anthony was saying, what if the Magic look at Chet as a possibility? What do you like about him? What are some things that maybe you're like, eh, not so excited about? Safe is safe to me too. Chet is safe to me too. He, he can dribble, pass, shoot, rebound, block shots. He does everything you would need a big to do. Like I think everything we said wrong about like what we didn't like about Paulo or um or uh, Jabari Smith, Chet does it. What's going on, Magic fans? Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals actions with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals? With a DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 Same Game Parlay and won over $5,000. You can create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team is going to win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I think the only thing people don't like about him is his size, right? That's the that, only that's, thing. That's literally him. the only thing. But when it comes to just basketball, everybody loves everything about him. He played on a Gonzaga team where you know he's not going to get a lot of shots up, especially as a freshman. Do you see him as a five at the NBA? Or do you think he can play more yeah. like a four or three? A four or five, like five. Four or five. He's seven foot. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's tall. He'll bulk up, won't you think? Like if uh, he bulks up, then this is I'm I mean, always that's, that's that's been the only drawback. And that's that's the thing. It's it's all right. If what how do you look at Jabari once he learns how to shoot? Or excuse me, once he learns how to dribble. How do you look at Chet once he builds up that muscle? Yeah. Um, when it comes to Chet, do you see the benefits or is it enough to be able to make a decision? based on the fact that there's a little experience between Chet and Jalen Suggs. Like, do you think that's a, that's a, that's enough of a consideration to say, all right, if we were to plug in Chet, you know, that would make the team chemistry a little bit better because of Jalen Suggs or a player like Jalen Suggs that maybe struggled a little bit last season. You know, could that be an added bonus of being able to, I don't know, make him play a little bit better. Do you, do you see that as something to look at? I would just between them two, wouldn't it? No. Them yeah, that's, two, that's uh, my that's my debate. That's yeah, it, it'd be it'd be great it'd be great for Jalen, but whatever. What about everybody else? Yeah, it just be yeah. We're hang out together and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then if Mobamba's back, you got you know best buddies in Cole Anthony and Mobamba too. So you got now center and point guards kind of. Yeah, and Jabari know, can friends. play that four. Jabari can definitely play the four. Like I don't think Chet could. He can't. He can't move or guard the um, perimeter like that. They're gonna throw a lot of pick and rolls at his ass. Yeah, I mean, according to Jabari, he can play 
two through five. He can guard that perimeter like more. He can. Like he's one of the best tall perimeter defenders I've seen. He moves out there like a guard. All right. So with that said, who does who do you think the magic will select? Like who who is if you were to put all your money down right now, who would be that number one pick for the Orlando Magic? What I think they're gonna go with? Mm-hmm. Uh Jabari. That's what everybody's saying. Jabari. That's that's a, that's the crazy debate because everybody is saying that the athletic ESPN Bleacher Report everybody is saying Jabari, but the the thing is that it's it's well known that Magic front office they don't say nothing to nobody, literally to nobody. I think if, I think if ESPN is going to put Jabari because they really really had check going number one all the way up until the draft lottery happened. Right when the draft lottery happened, they changed it. Even when they put they they carried it this list. I was just reading it. it's Chet. I mean um. <laughs> What's them called Jabari number one and best available is Chet. Like they still gotta throw Chet's name in there. So for them to say Chet's not number one, it must be like I agree with it. You know what I'm saying? Like they saying something. They heard something. Or they must know something. I just think that that's shooting, man. The fact that he brings that shooting that that's a skill that we haven't had in Orlando in so many years. We've needed a shooter. Like I mean, yeah, Terrence Strauss I kind of has gonna fill that void here and there, but he's a streaker shooter, not, not really a solid knockdown three-point shooter. Um, the fact that Javari has that 6'10", good length, good defender. I mean, we've been talking about this for the last few episodes, Anthony. Like, there's just no way that as a front office, the Magic can say, nah, he's not a guy. Like, he fits every single checklist that they would want in a prospect. <laughs> the issue is, you know, do they see more in a guy like Paulo or do they see more in a guy like Chet? That's, that's a big question. I think we have Chet coming in for a workout this week to Orlando. And then, you know, that, that could be it. We haven't heard about Paulo coming in. We haven't heard about Jaden Ivey, anybody else. So it seems like it's down to the two of them. But again, like Anthony mentioned, you never know with our front office. They could easily pull a random move on the draft and get Keegan Murray last minute. Number one? No, nah, nah, they'll there's trade no. down. Oh, yeah, trade. They're, they're right. Okay. They're right. I mean, do you, do you even see that as an option? Train the number one pick? Yeah. Would you would would you do it? What I, depends on what I got back for it. But I would I would I would consider it. So far, a team that, like Orlando, take the phone call. Yeah, like a team like Orlando, you'll probably be looking at maybe another pick in the lottery if, if possible, and then I, I don't know, either a young player or or a vet that fits what we're I doing. Need I need a vet. Need exactly. Type. Exactly. So again, this team is too young. So you need some sort of bet in there. Um, it's going to be I mean, interesting. Like it's going to be interesting, but you need a, at least a top six pick. Because I think they like Keegan Murray a lot. I just don't think they want to draft him number one. Um, so you got to have a, a top Keegan six. Murray, you got fronts, man. Wagner. What do you need him for? He's like That's, a DeAndre uh, DeAndre Hunter to me. Like that wouldn't make sense. Now, if you're if you're looking at the draft, the Magic got one. They got thirty two and thirty five. The biggest thing that, you know, the Orlando Magic has, has, especially with this front office that we've kind of have been known for now is not drafting anyone in the second round. We keep trading them away. When you look at 32 and 35, which are really high second round picks, what should the Magic do with that? Is there anyone that you would select with 32 and 35? Yeah, Tevin Brown from Murray State. That's another shooter for y'all. And another one I'll probably just get rid of. Yeah, because if, if you're looking at bringing three rookies into an already young team, in, in my opinion, that would definitely be overkill. 
um, would you would you stay and select at 32 for for a player that has a specialized skill set of shooting, or would you try to package those and kind of move down and and see what else you can get? I'll take Terrence Brown, Tevin Brown. Those second round picks are cheaper. You don't have to pay them as much, and you might get something really good. You know what I'm saying? Those lottery picks you don't have to pay. And if they don't work out, you have to try to get rid of that contract. Those, you know, those uh, second round picks you don't got to pay them much. <laughs> Tevin right. Brown, one of the best shooters, six five. That's something y'all could use. Better than R.J. Hampton. I mean, he could shoot better than R.J. Hampton, possibly. Like, what, seeing what we did at Murray State. I don't know. I just like him. I think he'll be good with Orlando shooting. Yeah. yeah. I think anyone that can shoot in Orlando would be a good fit. That's for sure. Yeah, Terrence Brown's that guy. Tevin Brown. Y'all know who that is? Murray, he played with Ja. I, I personally haven't done a lot of research when it comes to second round. When we won the number one pick, it's kind of like, oh, okay, we need we need to focus in this area. <laughs> um, now, now you had mentioned that Franz Wagner uh, last season he was your sleeper. Who's your sleeper this season? Like Mark when Williams. you're looking at the draft, Mark who's Williams. that? Mark Williams, Duke. Okay, why is that? Because he's seven two and he got a seven what a seven nine standing reach or something like that. Like he's, I mean, wingspan. He got like an eight nine standing reach. And then the way he moves, I watched him play. I seen him play up close. You don't see you don't see basketball players like that. Like you can't teach that type of height and athleticism. I feel like he's just a plug on a really good team. Like if you put him on a team, he could be that championship center. I'm saying he can rebound, block, he ain't gonna score that much putbacks. Something like a JaVel, more skilled JaVel McGee or like Rudy Gobert or something. Something really bad, like something like the NBA doesn't value too much no more. See how much they value been value now. We're watching the uh, finals. Yeah, right. That's true. If James Wiseman was out there, I feel like this series would be over. Mark Williams is somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? He just, he's not no superstar, but yeah, he's my sleeper. I like him a lot. I thought the same thing about Franz Wagner. He wasn't no like superstar. I didn't think he was going to do this damn good, like this fast. <laughs> but I watched him at um at Michigan. He could rebound. He played great D, what I saw. And he was like disciplined. He was strong. He was 6'9. I had him going, to, I had him going like top, I had him going my top three, really. Do you, do you feel like Franz Wagner should have gotten, and it's a little off topic, but do you feel like he should have gotten a little more respect? From our Michigan out of? From, no, from just the NBA in general. Hell yeah. Yeah, you seen what he was doing? I posted him a couple of times. He, yeah, he's definitely, he, he was probably the second best rookie out there to me. The problem is he played in Orlando and nobody was watching us. <laughs> That's the problem. That's it, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> he was cooking. I like him. Yeah, no, he's got a bright future, man. I think he's a good fit for the man. His brother there too. Yeah, yep. that's crazy. Yeah, yes. my uh, our boy Haas from Hustle. <laughs> Who's got that? a little Atlanta man, Haas. Haas. He uh, he acted as Haas on the movie Hustle on Netflix. Oh, oh, did he? Got, got a little. Yeah, yeah, he got Who a little TV that? time. Uh, Moritz, uh, Moritz Wagner, his brother. Mo Wagner. I didn't. I watched the movie, but I didn't notice him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like er, early on, early on, he, it was like maybe for like barely, barely a minute oh, okay, and a half, okay, okay, and then a little bit towards that. So you got, a little, you got a little screen time. That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Frankie. So to wrap up the show, we're gonna play a little game here. We call it this or that. So we're gonna give you a topic, and you choose between this or that. All right. So first one: NBA Finals Game Six uh, here on Thursday. Warriors or Celtics? Warriors. Hey. So you think they pull off the win uh, on the road, Game Six, and, and win it all? They have Steph Curry. I'm gonna ask y'all. I remember I wrote y'all a question and I said, "What y'all? What would y'all do with the number one pick? Uh, what yeah. would you do with the pick, uh, the, the second round picks? 
the the second round picks i i, I honestly I, I haven't done enough research for the players in that i i stay away from college basketball until we're we head towards the uh the draft and ncaa uh turning but i personally would try and trade both to get a player that well, you fall in love with picks be sometimes the most crucial and key picks of these it, but you, you're a you're a hundred you're a hundred percent right because uh, when you look at this playoffs you have so many players that came from that second round that's been like x factors clutch mm-hmm. it's just bro it's been a minute since the magic have done anything the, the best second round pick that we've had like within the last 10 years we're looking at was was it wesley wando was he yeah. in the second round yeah or was he late in the first i'm pretty sure he was in the second round second round that was the best thing that we had that's literally it if there's one thing that my biggest complaint about the Orlando Magic is I really don't like the way that we've utilized um, our our Lakeland team, our G League team. I feel like that should be our, our two-way contracts should be players that you're developing from the second round. I feel like just collectively we haven't done a really good job with it. But I think that you're if you're in a position where you have two really high second round picks, I can see where if you're bringing all these players in, you fall in love with a player late in the first round. You think that you can package a player like Terrence Ross that's publicly communicated that, you know, he wants a different environment. I say you try and shoot for it. Yeah. What would you like in return for him? Like what type of player? I, I need a skill player. I, I need I need a lights out shooter. Like a small forward or shooting guard? I'll tell you a shooting guard, small forward, someone that can shoot lights out. So if you're if you're looking at getting Jabari and you're adding another shooter on top of that. We're one of the worst teams to to shoot from behind the three-point line. Why not fill that void with a player from the second round or if you decide to move to get a, a skill? In my my personal opinion, it it's it's you you want to draft a specialist. I feel like if you can get a specialist that's like really great at that one specific skill, try to develop the rest. I think that's definitely the route to go. Tevin Brown. <laughs> there you go, man. That's the plug. <laughs> Watch, look him up. That's that guy. Put him in the G League for a year or two. That would be your guy right there. Yeah. Well, what about you, Al? What are for you doing me, in the second round? I think you try to package those picks and try to move into maybe the late 20s, early 20s in the draft and grab a guy there if you can. If you like a guy yeah. enough, I think that's what this, what's the most likely thing that will happen, especially if you package maybe a guy like Terrence Ross with those picks as well to a contender. Um, that may be a good move. Just it just depends who you like in the, at the end of the draft. Um, one guy for me that's kind of surprising how much he's dropped is uh, Jaden Hardy, who played in the G League last season. Oh, was supposed to be a lottery pick. So you know if that guy is there at like 28, 27, and you can make that move, I wouldn't mind that risk. You want him? I wouldn't mind it, man. Like he he had a ton of potential coming out of college or out of high school, and then just I don't know what happened to him in the G League. Didn't kind of work out. But I think with the Magic. That late in the draft, you have a ton of young guys already. It's another prospect that we can kind of throw to the mix. You're gonna be right down there with RJ Hampton and them. Yeah, <laughs> play like yeah. He, he had a lot of potential. Um, you don't like him? Nah, he's up. Nah, not not not, not up to the hype. Like he's nah, he's like another James Boat Knight or something. Mm. Uh, who was that other kid last year? Yeah, something like that. Like you don't. What well, yeah, Moses Moody or something? Yeah, Book Nine was Al's boy. <laughs> Moses Moody was my guy. <laughs> uh, Moses Moody, he's kind of like that. Like you, know, you know, I don't know. Okay, well, I see why you like him there. Yeah, he's about to win a ring now with the Warriors, so I'm happy for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, get, getting back to this or that, Dwight or Shaq? Shaq. 
And then the the very last one, this is a debate that Alan and I have pretty, pretty often. He's a big-time Vince Carter fan. I'm a big-time Tracy McGrady fan. When you compare the two, who would be that one player that you would put on your roster? Penny. Nah, uh, <laughs> T-Mac. It's a good choice. If, if healthy, hell yeah. If healthy, 100%. That's the thing, though, man. That's like saying Jonathan Isaac or... People don't give Vince Carter the respect he deserves, though. He was a hell I of a agree. Like, it, like, I agree. He didn't go to the finals with the Did he go to the finals with the Nets? They didn't make it. No. They did not make it. No. Okay, well, they got – didn't get close? They got close. They got beaten by Miami, I think, when they had uh, almost went to the finals Shaq with and Wade. Okay. He almost went to the finals with, whatchamacallit, uh, Toronto and lost to Allen Iverson. Yep. Jackson Grady has never gotten close to anywhere, even when healthy. The Magic, he, they lost to the Celtics at the Eastern Conference Finals. Did they? 2010, yep, 2010. So he, he got close a bunch of times. I, I, the one thing I always be mad is that he never chose He never chose to chase a ring. I thought that was uh, Dwight Howard in there when I lost to the Celtics. Yeah, so that was Dwight, Vince, Rashard Lewis, J.J. Redick, Jameer Vince Nelson. Carter was on that team? Yeah, yeah. Sean Hill was. He was old as hell. Damn. That one hurt. That was the one year I thought he had it. I think they like T-Max highlights in his size, but Vince was a hell of a player, though. I'm thinking about, like, all around. Longevity-wise, the man played in the NBA for so damn long. Like, at the very very least, you have to be able to have, like, something extra. Like, how towards the the last couple years where he kind of spent the rest of his career in in Atlanta, I really wanted him to come back to Orlando to at least, at the very least, be a locker room guy. So I feel like stuff like that's essential. Penny's not in a discussion with T Mac and Vince, like in his prime. Penny, ah oh, man, uh, to me, Penny is if it, if it's not for the injuries, if it wasn't for him having to carry a lot of the weight on his back when Shaq left, I feel like you know we we did Penny wrong in in a lot of different ways. But to me, he's a player that deserves to be goaded in in some capacity. Like when when we talk about you know. It, it, we, we don't have any jerseys in the rafters. We got, you know, a, a number six says a representation for the fans, and that's about it, right? You know, we don't have any. Jersey? No, we don't have any. None. Zero. Somebody could come there and wear number one at 32 right now. 100%. Yep. John Isaac, where's one? So what the yeah. Magic do is they do this uh, Orlando Magic Hall of Fame instead. So they, they put you in the Magic Hall of Fame, which, which is about the equivalent to retiring your jersey. But – we hate it. Trust me. <laughs> We've had this debate in the podcast before. We're not, we're not we, fans of we it. Ha- we have a jersey in the rafters, number six, and it says the fans on it. And we unretired number six for like a season for Patrick Ewing. And then we put it right back up there. <laughs> like it's not, it's, it's not something that I'm proud about. It's it's a it's something that the fan base has wanted for a really, really long time. I I when you look, when you think of the number one, in my opinion, you automatically think of Penny. Tracy McGrady. That's that's where number three, you think of Allen Iverson. 23, you're looking at Jordan and LeBron. Like these are things that you're you recognize with. And I feel like number one shouldn't be worn by anybody on the Magic. My opinion. It should be retired. Unless you do something to get that jersey or something. Yeah, make an all-star team or something. Right. I know. I know. I personally I wouldn't I personally wouldn't retire Shaquille O'Neal just because I, I feel like it's a little watered down at this point. Got the Lakers, Miami. Water down. <laughs> I, I agree. It's not it's not his fault. It's our fault. 100 percent 100 percent But you got you got Miami that has a Shaquille O'Neal statue. Like eh. yeah. 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 Does you have one in Orlando? I mean, 
And mind you, I'm I'm saying all this while I have this man in, in my backdrop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite team, right? <laughs> right. All right, uh, Frankie, man, I, I appreciate you joining us for this for this podcast and being able to share some of your knowledge. Um, it, for for the people that want to be able to to watch your videos and and get more from you, where where is it that they can find you? Uh, Instagram, YouTube, Frankie Vision. All right, man, it's a wrap. Appreciate you guys for listening. Catch you guys next week. Draft is coming. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.